What's going on, sports fans? Got another good one for you today. Today, I'm going to be talking about this past week and how it really didn't meet my expectations for the week. And then we're going to talk about how we're seeing the end of an era in the football in the National Football League right now. But I'm going to get into more details about that later. So let's get into it. First thing, this week wasn't as exciting as I anticipated. I really thought this week was going to be full of nail biters, really close games, a lot of, you know, scoring, a lot of fun games to watch, or what we classify as fun these days because people don't like to see defensive, you know, teams struggle back and forth. They don't like to see a game end 6 to 3. Personally, I think it's pretty cool when it ends that way. I do agree that it's not exciting to watch, but I think it is pretty cool. But we didn't see any of that. There was only one game within that came down to being within one score at the end of the game. I mean, the pack the Packers dominated the Rams 32 to 18. If you watch this game, the Packers looked really good. And for a little bit, the score was in was within seven, but you really, I mean, if you watch the game, you know the Packers had control of this game. It really felt that the Rams were playing from behind from the get-go. Aaron Donald, you could see he that injury that he had the week prior against the Seahawks was really bugging him because he was he was not himself. He really struggled. Jalen Ramsey well, I don't blame him for letting up that one touchdown to Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams did create some separation on him, and I definitely feel like Devontae Adams won that matchup. Jalen Ramsey didn't play that well. It was just an all-around dominating performance from the Packers, and they look very scary people. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is playing the best football at the quarterback position right now in the league. You have the best receiver in the league this year, at least in my mind. I think Stephon Diggs is you know, you know, a contender for that spot. But I definitely think Devontae Adams is a top two receiver this season and he's playing phenomenal football. It's going to be really hard to stop this team, especially having to travel to Lambeau. I think the Buccaneers and Tom Brady have their hands full this week. The Bills shut down Lamar Jackson, beating the Ravens 17-3. to I mean, this was another game that I really thought was going to be close. I felt the Ravens, the Ravens rushing attack was going to give the Bills some problems. Josh Allen was going to have to beat the Ravens with his arm because the Ravens... I mean, the Bills rushing attack is basically non-existent. So... But the game really didn't turn out that way at all. It really wasn't an offensive shootout at all. Other than the Bills, you know, one touchdown on offense, that was it. The other touchdown for the Bills came on a 102-yard pick six by the Bills. And it just it just wasn't a very close game, wasn't very exciting. The The Ravens kept it close for a little bit. But you really felt that the Bills had a hold on that game as well. I won't say they dominated that game in the same capacity that the Packers dominated the Rams, but I certainly feel like they had a hold on that game for the majority of the game. And while Lamar Jackson did throw a pick six when the Ravens were potentially going to tie the game, after that, that just completely killed the momentum and you knew the Bills basically had it at that point. Buccaneers skated by the Saints 30-20. to This game was close for a little bit. I mean, they were going back and forth. I believe at one point the score was 20-20. to Buccaneers got up, and then Drew Brees really played bad 
at the end of that game, throwing multiple interceptions. He ended up throwing three picks in that game. It was just not a good way for Drew Brees to go out. And I do think that was his last game ever. I think at his age, and he's looking at all the injuries he's had, they came out and said he had a torn rotator cuff. He fractured 11 of his ribs, had a collapsed lung. A guy of his age, they they really... I mean, he's really done. He can't. I don't think he wants to go anymore. I'm sure, like, the football player inside of him wants to play football more, but his body at his age just can't take it. And the Saints are in a really bad position going forward. I don't think they're going to be contenders, even if he does stay for the next couple of years, because they are way over the cap right now. And Michael Thomas has a couple surgeries, so he probably won't be his full self at the beginning of next season. Really, I think it's just time for Drew Brees to hang it up. Just sad, but Buccaneers looked good. Their defense looked good. Devin White was on a tear. I'm really excited to see this Buccaneers team go against the Packers. But like I said, I think they have their hands full because that Packers team looks so dominant and really doesn't look like they have a lot of weaknesses, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Really, the only game that came down to the last drive was the Browns and Chiefs game. Was the Browns and Chiefs game? It was a really close game. Ended with the Chiefs taking it twenty-two to seventeen. It was a really fun game to watch. Sadly, Patrick Mahomes did go out, and I feel like if Patrick Mahomes hadn't gone out, this game probably would have been a little bit more out of hand. If if the calls remained the same. There was a call where Rashad Higgins got hit in the head and fumbled, and it should have been a penalty, but it wasn't. So the Chiefs got the ball, ended up scoring and going up by 11 or so at halftime. If they would have given him the touchdown or called that penalty, I think the game would have been much different. I mean, the Browns maybe even end up winning the game, but you can't go back and change that. But nonetheless, it was a really fun game to watch. And Chad Henney at the end of that game, late game heroics by any, like, Chad Henney of anybody you could think of to have late game heroics in that game. You were not thinking it was going to be Chad Henney, but he uh, made an amazing play at the end of that game to get his team to, like, fourth and inches. Really, I thought he got it. I don't know why. the. I mean, it certainly looked like he got it on the replay, but the... The ref said it was fourth and inches, and then Andy Reid having the, you know, the cojones to go for it on fourth and inches in a playoff game like that, that's insane, and that's why the Chiefs are so good. I mean, Andy Reid is an incredible head coach. Moving on from that, though, going, I mean, going back to that game, what I was talking about earlier is the Rashad Higgins hit. He was, you know, diving for the pylon. And and late in the second quarter, when he was illegally hit, which caused him to fumble the ball into the end zone, it, it then rolled out and resulted in a touchback for the Chiefs. They got the ball on their own 20 and ended up scoring a field goal off that. But that's not the problem that they scored a field goal off that or the fact that you know it rolled out the back of the end zone and it was a touchback. The fact is Rashad Higgins was hit in the head. It was head-to-head contact initiated with the helmet, the crown of his, the defender's helmet, and the ref blatantly just didn't see it. And there was a lot going on, so I don't blame the ref as much. But it's definitely something that should have been seen and called. And it raises the question, should targeting penalties be reviewable? And 
I really don't think they should be. I'm not a fan of stopping the game and making penalties reviewable. I understand that the NFL is in the age of we're trying to protect our players, and rightfully so. You should you should protect guys, and that's why part of me thinks it should be reviewable. And I'm I'm kind of back and forth on this, but I really think that if the ref just saw it and called it, there would be I mean there would be no discussion of whether they should be reviewable and I don't think they should be because it's just the referee's job there to see that and call it and I feel like if the NFL works on making like makes the process for the refs to do that easier or helps them hone their skills in doing that that we can eliminate even this problem because this is really the only problem that the NFL has had with the targeting penalty in some time so I don't think they should change it to be reviewable because then you will have, you know, stoppages in the game. And it just opens up a whole nother can of worms that I really think the NFL needs to steer away from. So I don't think targeting penalties should be reviewable, but I definitely think the referee should have called that one. It was kind of blatant. I mean, Rashad Higgins would have had a touchdown or been down at the one had the dude not hit him with his helmet. And there was no other body part he could have possibly hit him with at that point in time but his helmet. It was obvious that he initiated contact with his helmet. So it was really sad to see the referee not call that. But I don't think the penalty should be reviewable. So moving into the end of an era topic, with Breeze, with Drew Breeze, Ben Roethlisberger likely on their way out, and Philip Rivers announcing his retirement this week, the NFL is seeing the names that have been staples of its league for so long call it a career, which begs the question, who's next? It's the end of an era, guys. We're seeing these these quarterbacks that have been the names, the marquee names of this league that have so many fans that have built their franchises really, you know, they've been there along the way as their franchises have come along and been able to win. They've all, well, Breeze and Roethlisberger have both won their franchises Super Bowls. Phillip Rivers certainly for the Chargers, did a lot for that organization. We're likely going to see Tom Brady out of the league in a few years. I can't possibly see him playing past 45. So we're seeing the end of an era. And so I need to talk about who's next, who I think are the next Drew Breeses, the next Ben Roethlisberger's, the next Philip Rivers, Tom Brady's. And there's some obvious names on this list, like Patrick Mahomes. We all know this dude is a dog, right? He's he's amazing. He's been playing lights out ever since he got the starting job in Kansas City. And some of the guys that I'm going to name off, it's not just based on their pure quarterback talent. It's based on if I think they're going to stay with the system there. And if they stay with their systems, I certainly think these guys can, you know, have a lot of success. And then some of these quarterbacks are going to be purely based off of their quarterback talent or that I I think, in my opinion, they're, they can be really good. They can be another Phillip Rivers who necessarily never had that head coach that was fantastic and never led their team to a Super Bowl, but certainly had tremendous amounts of success in the NFL. So the first name on this list is Josh Allen. He's 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 made such a big leap from year 2 to year 3. This dude is playing 
lights out football right now and it might possibly be because you know the bills went and traded for stefan diggs but if you look at his mechanics what he did this offseason it's crazy how much he changed his throwing form this guy really went in put in the work and it's showing he he's seeing tremendous amounts of success and that's why he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now and especially with how young he is and i think sean mcdermott's going to be in buffalo for a while because of how much success he's brought them. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that the Bills were still one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, they drafted Josh Allen at seventh overall. And when you think about that, that was only three, four years ago, which is insane that the fact that they've now gone from being the seventh worst team in the NFL to being one game away from playing in the Super Bowl, which is insane. They've had a pretty quick turnaround in terms of how fast teams normally turn around their uh, their programs. So incredible job by Sean McDermott. So I think he's going to be in Buffalo for a while. And I think Josh Allen, if he's willing to put in that much work this offseason, I can only imagine what he's going to continue to do. And I think he will honestly continue to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league and probably continue to give Patrick Mahomes a run for his money in that AFC because I don't think Josh Allen's going anywhere. And certainly Patrick Mahomes with his, you know, half a billion dollar deal, 10 years, he's not going anywhere in KC. And that's why he's the, uh, the second name on my list. And these are in no particular order. I don't think, you know, Josh Allen's going to have more success than Patrick Mahomes. These are just in the order that I thought of them in. And I think Patrick Mahomes, for one, is an incredible quarterback talent. I think the Chiefs are going to continue to surround him with weapons like they're doing so right now. And I think Andy Reid is a genius. He is such a great head coach. He he knows how to rally his troops and really make them play for him and just what they have going on there in KC. I can't see that falling apart anytime soon. I can certainly see them losing some weapons along the way, but really KC's kind of like, you know, the Lakers right now. People just want to go there to get a ring. That's why Le'Veon Bell signed there for such little money. Le'Veon Bell certainly could have signed somewhere else, got more playing time, probably got a little bit more money, but you're basically, you're not guaranteed, but your odds of getting a ring if you're on Kansas City are, you know, so much higher than anyone else's because for one, when they're in Arrowhead Stadium, they are pretty much unbeatable. And even when they're on the road, they're pretty much unbeatable. But when they're in their stadium, they're they're just on another level. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to be there for a, a long period of time. Like this team and Patrick Mahomes really look dangerous and could be really good for years and years to come. And that's why I have Patrick Mahomes as one of these dudes that's going to lead the next era of football. And then third guy on this list, Deshaun Watson. You guys know I love Deshaun Watson, and I think he's a tremendous quarterback talent. He really showed it this year, being in like the top three of pretty much every major quarterback statistic. He led the league in yards. He had like the second, I believe the second best completion percentage. Had a, you know, he didn't have that many touchdowns, but he had pretty much everything else you could want from a quarterback. Uh, yards per throw, he was up there. QBR, he was up there. Just an amazing season from Deshaun Watson. And I think when he gets out of Houston, he's just going to blossom and be even more of a competitor and probably win 
wherever he goes, a Super Bowl, I think I really think he's going to end up somewhere in the NFC, and I think him and Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen are going to be slugging it out for Super Bowls in years to come. Now, this next guy on my list, he's not known for having an immense amount of talent, but he is a good quarterback, and I think in his system, if Kevin Stefanski stays there, this team could be really dangerous, and that is Baker Mayfield. They were giving the Chiefs a run for their money last week, and pretty much the Chiefs are the the mark to beat. So with the Browns, you know, being there, you can only expect them to continue to get better as long as they keep that offensive line together and Kevin Stefanski continues to be the football genius he is. And I think if Baker Mayfield continues to make the strides he's been making, um, if you look at him from his rookie year where he broke the record for the most touchdown passes as a rookie, and then his second and third year, he really struggled. And then, or his second year, he really struggled. And then this year, he had a, a a very good season. Nothing, you know, to write home about. Nothing to, you know, say, oh, he's MVP caliber. But he had a really good season and was able to com- lead his team to the AFC divisional round and compete with the team that is the mark to beat. So Baker Mayfield could very easily end up being one of these lead guys in this next era. And I think he could be another Phillip Rivers. I certainly hope to see him win a Super Bowl. I'd love to see the the city of Cleveland and Browns win a Super Bowl. But I, I think he could at least get to the Phillip Rivers mark of this next era. Next guy, Lamar Jackson. We all know he's already won an MVP. He's an incredible talent. He runs the ball like no quarterback we've ever seen before, and he is incredibly hard to tackle. There's two things I worry about him, though, and he is on, he's on this list based purely on his talent because I don't think John Harbaugh is you know doing a fantastic job there in Baltimore. He's been there for a really long time, and I think they've had – a decent amount of success, but I think they could be much better. And I really don't know about Lamar's longevity. I know it's always been a question, you know, running quarterbacks, they tend to fall apart sooner, but I think Lamar might be different than all those guys. He might be able to outlast them. My only thing about him is he's got to be able to throw the ball. And a lot of people knock on him for not being able to throw the ball. But if you look at his receivers, I mean, Dang, I don't know too many guys that could throw the ball on that team. He, he has no names on that team. There, other than Marquise Brown, there's not a receiver on that name, like on that team's name that you know, unless you're a Ravens fan. So the Ravens need to do a better job of getting this guy weapons. I understand that they're run dominant, but get the guy somewhere, someone he can throw the ball to other than Mark Andrews. I mean, going in trying to stop the Ravens, you know, You've got to stop. You've got to lock up Mark Andrews, who really struggled in the later half of the season. And you've got to stop uh, Marquise Brown. And then he has no one to throw to. Their second and third guys are really like non existent. And I'm not saying that, you know, they need to go get a, you know, star wide receiver at the number two or number three or the move Marquise Brown down a position, but they need to get someone else because. Um, Miles Boykin, I think, is one guy, and then Dunervay is the other guy. Is their returner? I probably botched his name, but he—they're—they're they're both not very good receivers. So they need to get someone else in there for Lamar. Kyler Murray is the next guy on this list. 
I'm kind of I'm kind of iffy on Kyler, and it is because I think he's a very you know good quarterback. He has a credible amount of talent. He's kind of like Lamar Jackson, but he throws the ball better. And it might just be because you know he has DeAndre Hopkins to throw to, and a guy in Larry Fitzgerald who just knows how to get open. But I worry about the system he he's in because I don't think that his head coach is that great. I really don't. I think that. I mean, if you look back at his resume, a lot of the jobs that he's had, he hasn't had very much success in. He didn't have that much success in college. Like, he had Patrick Mahomes there, but they really didn't do much. Um, He had a couple. I think he had Baker Mayfield at one point before Baker transferred, and he didn't do much with him either. So I really think that if Kyler can overcome that, that Kyler could be another guy that is next up in this era, but he's gonna have he's gonna have his work cut out because I don't think the Cardinals are in a great position right now. And maybe I'm wrong about their head coach, but I really don't think that he's very good. Next guy on this list, Dak Prescott. This dude, he showed us this season he has an immense amount of talent. And a lot of people have been, you know, for the majority of his career, a lot of people compared him to Carson Wentz and that he wasn't as good as Carson. And this year he, I mean, how bad Carson Wentz has been playing. And, you know, you've seen, you saw how good Dak was playing. It's pretty obvious who's the better of the two. I think Dak Prescott, while he's older than all those other guys on this list, I certainly think that he can be another guy in this era. He could maybe be, you know, the Tom Brady of this era, not the fact that he's going to win six Super Bowls and be that dominant, but he could be the older guy because Tom Brady's older than, you know, all these other guys that are retiring and Tom's still playing. But he could be that older guy that still has a lot of success because he doesn't rely on his feet nearly as much as these You know, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, even Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, those dudes run the ball a lot more than Dak. So I think Dak could certainly have more longevity and be the older guy that, you know, really is the guy in this era. And then my last guy, I really debated on whether putting this dude on here or not. And I think I I really don't know about him. He's, I mean, there was a couple years ago where he really looked like he was an MVP talent, and then a few years after that, he looked really bad, and that's Derek Carr. I think he has, when he gets rolling, this dude is one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, and that's if you can get him rolling. I mean, this dude can sling the football, and when he feels confident in that pocket, you better watch out if you're on defense because this guy is dangerous, but it's the fact that he has to feel confident, and that's hard to do. He's He's rarely on a roll, but I certainly think if that that organization can build a team good enough around him, and I certainly think that the the people they have in place there are you know the right people. I don't think that they need to overhaul that team at all, or you know get a new head coach or GM or any of that in there. But I think if they can get Derek Carr on a roll, he can certainly be a guy in this era that could have a Philip River status, where maybe Derek Carr doesn't win Super Bowls, or but he might get his team to you know an AFC Championship game, and maybe you know break some records along the way or just have phenomenal seasons. I certainly think Derek Carr is capable of doing that. 
that's it for today's episode, guys. I appreciate all of you listening. Remember to follow or subscribe on whatever streaming platform you're listening on, and I will see you guys next time on The Blitz. (laughs) 